0: Right, we have been uh, asking and answering some, some basic questions uh, the last couple weeks. Two weeks ago, we talked about what is a pastor, and we talked about that the Bible lays out that he is a shepherd, an overseer, an elder of the church, meant to teach and equip and care for the church, and last week, we talked about what the Bible is, and what we said was Uh, That we have very good reason to believe that the Bible is the authoritative, true, reliable word of God. Uh, And it sets the course for all that we do as a church. So we're kind of going backwards a little bit in some ways. Uh, But this week we're going to talk about what is a church. What is this thing uh, that we're a part of right now? What is a church? And how we ask and answer this question matters. Uh, because it determines who we become as a church it become determines the things we do and don't do it determines what we become uh, in our future and there are a lot of different answers to this question there are a lot of different answers to this question and so i want to look at scripture i want us to look at the bible to see what does the bible say Uh, what does the bible say um, to make sure that we're in line with god's word and so first i want to look at this the, the idea of the community of God, the community of God, because this is the biblical pattern from the beginning to the end, that first, God existed before all things, before any of us were ever thought of, and he existed in a community, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, there was relationship, and God created this world, and he created us, and, and the scripture says that he loved us, right, he loved us, that's why he created us. And he created us to be in community with him and with one another. This is what we were created for in the beginning. But we know the story from there. It doesn't just stay real positive, right? Humanity sins. And sin causes separation. It causes division. And so we were no longer in community with God like we were meant to. And we were no longer in community with one another like we were meant to be. But God loved us so much, right? He didn't just allow us to stay separated. He didn't just allow our relationships to stay broken. He, he started a plan to fix that. And how did he do that? Well, first, he chooses Abraham, right? He chooses Abraham to start this community of God, the people of Israel. And he called them out to be separate he called them out from the world to be separate and unique and holy and he gave them his laws he gave them his ways and said live like this this is what is best for you and so God's building this community but as we know it didn't quite work right if you read the Old Testament at all you know that there is just cycles of disobedience and rejection of God and no I'm going to do it my way this is like dealing with toddlers right? Man, cycles of, no, I want to do it my way. I want to do my thing, right? And that's the people of Israel so many times in the Old Testament. They continue to reject this fixed community with God and with each other. But God continues to work his plan. And God sends a redeemer through Israel to make a way for all of us, not just Israel, but all of us, regardless of our race, ethnicity, background, or anything, to be made right with God. He sends Jesus to die the death that we deserved. And he he pays the price for us to come back into relationship with God, community with God, and with each other. Ephesians 5 says that Jesus laid down his life for the church. Not that he laid it down for me or you, but he laid it down for the church. He loves the church. It's It's not this incidental thing that, whatever no 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 he loves the church he died for his church he died to build his church he, he he describes the church as his bride I don't know how you feel about your bride husbands but but I love my bride I, I don't want to share my bride with anyone else like there is an intimacy there right that's God's relationship with the church this is his new community that has a right relationship with him and with each other this is the biblical pattern that God is creating, and do we do it perfect? No. No, we don't. We're not that different than Israel, and one day we'll be in heaven, and the community of God will be perfect. It, it will finally be perfect. We'll relate with God perfectly, and we'll relate with each other perfectly, but until then, what we have is the church. We have this, each other, not this building, each other, and so what is a church? Well, the Greek word that we translate into English is ekklesia, ekklesia. There's your, your random Greek tidbit for the day. And this word means in its root, it means the called out ones. Ek is out, something else is called, right? Uh, called out ones, meaning like I'm calling you out from the crowd to come on the stage, right? It Called out means unique and separate, just like the people of Israel in the Old Testament. They were called out to be holy, to be unique, meaning we're not like the world, right? This is not just another extension of the world and how the world does groups and social things, right? No, this is very different. We're called out. God calls us out. We have a very different dynamic here because we're loved and forgiven and chosen and we're trying to follow God's ways, right? So we're called out. The way they use this word, though, uh, would be more like a gathering or an assembly, right? So it could mean just a gathering of anybody, any group of people. But the early Christians, the apostles, they used this word to describe the church, that it was a gathering. It was an assembly, right? It's not just individuals. It's not just God just saved individuals and they're all just kind of doing their own thing every which way. No, no, there's a community There's a togetherness. There's a gathering. And so we do that on Sundays, right? We gather on Sundays. Why? Why Sunday? Why not Saturday? Well, because Jesus was resurrected on Sunday. And so that is the basis of our faith. And so we as a group get together every Sunday to do what? Why do we do this? Is this just habit? (laughs) Is this just? Good social hour? Is this just makes us feel better? Good start to the week? No, no, no. there's a lot more to this. And so what I want to do today is is offer up a definition, and then we'll go to Scripture to look at each part of it, okay? So here's what a church is. A church is this. A church is a group of baptized believers who gather together regularly in worship, proclaim the gospel, live as the community of God, And make disciples of all nations. First, it's a group of baptized believers. It's a community who do four things. They gather together regularly in worship. We're going to talk about commitment. They proclaim the gospel. We're going to talk about confession, confession of faith. They live as the community of God. They covenant together, and they make disciples of all nations. They have a commission. Okay, so let's start first with community. It's a group of baptized believers First, it is a group. First Corinthians 12 says this. Verse 12. It says, For just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. In verse 14, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. See, we're not just a random collection of individuals, just like My body is not a random collection of body parts. No, each part has a purpose and a function. Each part is essential to this body, right? And so God saves, God doesn't save us to just be an isolated member, just out doing our own thing. No, no, we were saved to belong to a body. This is essential to what it means to be a believer, See, because that's what we were created for initially. We were created, yes, to be in relationship with God, but also with each other, right? And so we're going to talk more about what that individual member, the church member, is next week. But an essential part is that we are a group. We are a group. So it's really, I've heard this through the years, you know, I was out fishing on Sunday morning and I had church I was driving in my, my car and I heard that, that radio, that song came on and I had church, right? And truthfully, that's not real. You may have had a moment with God, which is good. You may have learned from God in that moment, which is good. You may have looked at creation and stood in awe of God and that's good. But church is not you by yourself, okay? It is essentially a group. It is a gathering, getting together, Who is it a group of? It's a group of believers. Acts 2. Acts 2 verse 41. We're going to be all over the place this morning. Acts 2 verse 41. This is the early church right after Peter stood up and preached the gospel. And it says, so those who received his word were baptized. And there were added that day about 3,000 souls. The early church had this exponential growth. I mean, thousands are coming to faith, right? There's, there's so many people, uh, they can't even get it. But it says that those who received his word, meaning that they heard what Peter said, they heard the gospel, and they, they, they believed it, and they responded to it, right? There's this, these people believed. And it says they were baptized and they were added to the church. And so churches are primarily made up of Believers, of Christians. That doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but it is. See, there's a lot of people in here today, and many of us do believe, and some of us don't, and some of us are trying to figure it out and understand the truth. But the church is made up of believers. Now, if there's not non believers in here, then we've messed up, right? We are not doing our job, right? There ought to be people that want to come and see. They want to come and be a part. They want to see who this Jesus is and what this new community of faith is like. So, yes, there should be non-Christians, but the church is made up of believers, and this matters because what we do in here Sunday mornings, the gathering of the church, is primarily directed to believers. And we're going to talk about it in a little bit. It's about equipping, equipping the saints for the work of ministry. It's about teaching. It's about growing. It's about learning. That doesn't mean that non-believers can't hear and believe and respond. That will happen. It does happen every week. But primarily this church gathering is about the believers coming together to fellowship to do all those things. It says that uh, in that same verse, it describes that those who were added to the church were the ones that were heard the word or received the word and were baptized. Matthew 28:19. Matthew 28:19 says this. And Jesus came and said to them. I'm sorry, 19. Go therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And as we see in Acts two and here and in many other places, believers are called to be baptized. Sometimes this feels weird, like, why? Well, Jesus, why do I have to be dunked in water? Why do I have to stand in front of other people? I'm, I'm, I'm shy, I'm stage fright, all that sort of stuff. Why does Jesus pick this? I don't know, but I know that what he says to do is to do it, and it's about our public coming out party. It's about holding, standing before the church and saying, hey, I believe this. I'm going I'm to claim this with my life. I'm going to wear the Christ name on the back of my jersey, right? It's a public declaration. It's not this private thing. It's not this hidden thing. Now, don't get me wrong. You don't have to be baptized in order to be a Christian, right? Baptism doesn't save you. That is dirty, cancerous, Huntington water, okay? There's nothing special or magic about it. But there is something special about standing before a body of believers and saying, I pledge my allegiance to Christ and Him alone, right? It is a group of baptized believers. And baptism and salvation is the beginning point of your membership and your belonging to a body, whether it's this church or another one. So that's first, a church is a group of baptized believers. And they do four things we're gonna talk about first. They gather together regularly in worship. They gather together regularly in worship. This is the C word, commitment. There is a commitment. So first, Acts 20, verse 7. Acts 20, verse 7. Paul's describing his time in Ephesus. Uh, I think it's in Ephesus. And he says, on the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread. Paul talked with them, intending to depart on the next day, and he prolonged his speech until midnight. On the first day of the week, on Sunday, when we were gathered together to break bread. Breaking bread is this metaphor for probably the Lord's Supper and for fellowship, right? The church is made visible when the church gathers, right? That doesn't mean we're not part of the church throughout the week, but when we come together that's when the church exists right and so it's not really right we we use our english word church to describe this building and our maze of buildings and and all that sort of stuff and the organization and all that stuff but truthfully church is about a gathering right why does it matter why does it matter if we actually get together does it matter this question was very difficult during COVID, right? Because we couldn't get together, right? But why does it matter? I think it matters like baptism and that we're publicly proclaiming week after week, no, I belong to this body. I'm a part of this church. It's a public, visible representation that I gather with these people to worship God. Our faith is not just this sheltered, in the closet, private thing between us and God. No, that is, that is a misnomer. That is, that is very popular in our Western world of individualism. But, but the truth is, we were created for what? Community with God? and community with one another. And if we make our relationship with God just about me and God and what I get out of it it has nothing to do with anybody else, we don't understand what our relationship with us and God was meant to do. No, the church is about a gathering. We gather together to do what? We gather together in worship. Look back at Acts 2, verse 42. It says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. What do we do to get together? What do we do when we get together? We just come together to laugh and have a good time? Not exactly. What did they do? They devoted themselves, devoted to the apostles' teaching. That means scripture. To fellowship to community, to the Lord's Supper, to breaking bread, to prayer, to giving, to caring for one another. These are the things they're devoted to when they come together. And there's so many examples in the rest of Scripture in Acts and other places that you can see what they did. But we're following their example. That's what we primarily do when we come together. We come together to do what? To worship. I mean studying God's Word, spending time in prayer, giving, uh, all those sorts of things, hearing testimonies, caring for one another, fellowship. I mean, we can come together and put the Cowboys game on the screen, and that's great. We can come together and have a good time and laugh, and we should do those things, right? But that's not primarily what we're after. We're not just another civic organization. We're not just another, you know, like a matchmakers for singles or whatever a church can become. No, no, no. We're primarily about worship. That's what the church exists to do. And it does it each Sunday morning. And I say each Sunday morning because the frequency matters in scripture. Look at Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24. He says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. He says, let's not neglect to meet together. Neglect means forgetfulness. It means disinterest. It means carelessness or indifference or disregard. He says, no, 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 don't neglect that. Don't neglect meeting together. So what he means is we're to be regular in getting together. We're to remember, not forget. We're to be interested in, not be eh whatever we're to care we're to be active in this and this is for our good right because if we're left to ourselves god knows this what what happens when we get isolated what happens if we're by ourselves and we don't have help we don't have accountability and we don't have community we drift from what we're supposed to be about we get tempted to a certain direction no no, no. we need each other The regularity is not about if you don't come to church, you're not saved. Some would teach that. It's not true at all. But the regularity is about that we desire to be in fellowship and in community with one another. Because we need it and others need it. Not only do you need it from somebody, but somebody needs it from you, right? And so there's this community, this commitment together, together. True Christians desire to be together in community. So this is about commitment. Gathering together regularly in worship is a commitment. It is not convenient. There's a lot of things that are convenient in our world now. You can get mac and cheese in like two minutes in a microwave, right? It's more convenient on Sunday morning to stay in bed. It's more convenient to go have brunch or to fill in the blank. It's more convenient even at church to keep people at arm's length to not really get to know anybody, to uh, just kind of shut it down and hey, these are my little people, and that's more convenient. But church is a commitment to community, commitment to other people. And we're gonna talk more about that next week when we talk about what is a church member. But let me just say this, that cost, whatever it is of having to wake up, (laughs) getting to wake up, of having to put on clothes that aren't pajama pants, right? That cost is worth it, right? It's worth it to be at church, to be together with the church, because that's what the church is and does. So the church group of baptized believers who gather together regularly in worship. Second, they proclaim the gospel. They proclaim the gospel. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, testing my Bible... Bible drill knowledge. Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 11. It says, and, and he, Jesus, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Look at verse 13, this phrase. Until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. He's saying that God gives leaders to the church to equip them to do his ministry until we attain the unity of the faith, maturity in the faith, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And so we gather together as believers around shared belief. We have a shared confession. We're proclaiming the gospel every week. We have beliefs. We believe something about the world, and God, and our relationship with him, and how we are to live. And the primary belief is what? The belief in the gospel, the good news that Jesus died to save us from our sins because we were unable to get back into relationship with God. That's what makes us unique. We, we gather together each week to proclaim the gospel. We are not just a non-believing, generic, you know, just random group of people that get together. No, we believe something. We have a confession. We confess that God is good. And we confess that man is sinful. And we confess that Jesus died to save us. And our response is to live for him. We have beliefs. We have confession. Our our Huntington FBC Constitution says this for our confession of faith. It's kind of small. You may not be able to read it. Let me read it. It says, we affirm that the Holy Bible is the inspired word of God and the basis for our beliefs. This church subscribes to the doctrinal statement of the Baptist faith and message as adopted by the Southern Baptist Convention. We voluntarily band ourselves as a body of baptized believers in Jesus Christ, personally committed to sharing the good news of salvation to lost mankind. And so, first, we confess the Bible is God's word. And, and don't get hung up on the Baptist faith and message. It's just a summary. It's a summary of what we're saying we believe. It talks about all kinds of different things. The Bible and God, who is man, what is salvation, what is a church, what is the Lord's Supper, what do we believe about missions and evangelism. I encourage you to go look it up. We don't, we don't have time, obviously, today to talk about all the details. But it's a summary. It's a helpful summary for us of what we believe. The other way we proclaim the gospel when we get together is by practicing the Lord's Supper. Some people call it the Eucharist or communion. But when we practice the Lord's Supper, we're proclaiming the gospel to one another. See, we don't, the gospel's not just something that, hey, let me share it with my non-believing friend, they'll hear it, they'll believe, they'll become a Christian. That's true. But the gospel is something we need every day. We need to be reminded of. And so when we get together together, we do that. We sing songs that remind us of the gospel. We have conversations that remind us of the gospel. We, we pray prayers that remind us of the gospel. We preach to remind us of the gospel. We take the Lord's Supper. We participate in baptism. All for what? To proclaim the good news that Jesus loved us so much he died for us. And we can be back in relationship with him. That's why we do the Lord's Supper. Next Sunday, we're going to do it. First Corinthians eleven twenty six says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So it's not just this ritual. It's not just this weird day that the deacons wear suit jackets or whatever, you know, bad crackers and weird juice, right? It's not religion. No, it's proclaiming the gospel. It's reminding ourselves of the truth, that, that Jesus' body was broken for us, that he shed his blood for us. That's why we do it, and we do everything in here to do that, to proclaim the gospel. Third, third thing the church does is live as the community of God. We're going to spend the next couple weeks talking more about this, so I won't spend as much time to get on that today. But a church is not just a random collection of people who kind of casually commit, you know, I'll be there if I can. No. A church covenants together we use that language of covenant when we talk about marriage. We probably don't use it enough when we talk about church. It's a covenant. It's a promise. It's a commitment to, to, to do certain things, to be certain things, to live a certain way. That's, that's really what we're doing when we're joining a church. We are covenanting together. Because church is not just a Sunday thing. It's not just what we do in this one hour. If it is, then we've totally missed it <laughs> as a church. It, 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 the Bible describes the church like a family. And uh, I don't know if y'all have family meals still where everybody comes together. Anybody do a little family meal, bad, bad potluck dishes and all that. Yep, okay. Church comes together. I'm sorry, the family comes together. But eventually, everybody's got to go home. There's not enough bedrooms at Mama's anymore to sleep everybody. So everybody's got to go. Are you still family when you leave? Yeah, you are. And yeah, our church comes together each week, family meal. May not be exactly what you want or like, but that's what we're doing. We're getting together because we're family. And then we're all going to go. doesn't make us less the church this week when we're out there. No. But we are, I don't know if, if you were raised in this family, but I was told this many times as I left the door or went to college or wherever, remember who you represent. <laughs> remember whose name is on the back of your jersey, right? Who do you represent? You're a Smith. And that meant something in my house. It probably did in yours too. It should mean something here too. That when we leave here, the name that we bear, it's not Smith, it's Christ, We're little Christians, little Christs. And so the covenant is our commitment to live as the community of God. It's our accountability. It's a commitment to hold each other accountable, to live out our faith. If we think that church is just an event to attend or, you know, something to come to weekly, then, man, we have totally missed it. We're meant to covenant, to promise together. When we, when we do this in marriage, what do we say? For better or for worse? In sickness or in health? And it's the same idea in the church. We're meant to belong to one another and care for one another and hold each other accountable. And there's a lot more to say, and I'm going to save it for next week. But that's the third thing a church does. Is it lives out as the community of God. Fourth, The church makes disciples. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Jesus, as he's leaving the earth, gives us our commission as the church. He says, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is our mission, to make disciples and it happens to extend to the ends of the earth, to all the nations, not just Israel, not just your family, yes, that's included, but no, it's making disciples of all the nations. And making disciples means making new ones, seeing people that were dead come to life, seeing people that were lost be found, but it also includes helping people grow from immature to mature. That's our task, that's our commission, that's our marching orders from the king, the head of the church, Christ. And we're gonna, we're gonna talk about this a lot in two weeks on what is our mission. So I'm gonna save it for that. There's a lot of misconceptions out there about what a church is, what a church should be. Here's a few. I asked some people this week. You may have been one of those people. The church is just a building. It's a building, right? It's just, just a collection of boards and cement and all that sort of stuff. It's not true. People say, where do you go to church at? Well, that's not really true, right? The church is a people. It's a body. Yeah, we gather in buildings, and we're stewards of those buildings. Another misconception is that church is just something we do on Sundays. Church is just something we do on Sundays. Yeah, we do gather together on Sunday. We're going to be here next week. (laughs) We're going to be here the week after that. We've already got our schedule. We're going to be here because that's what the church does. But we also scatter Monday through Saturday, to our homes, to our jobs, to make disciples, to care for people. And we're not less than the church when we're not in this room. For some, the church is just a worship service. It's just about what happens in this hour time slot each week. There's partial truth in that. We do gather together to worship. What we do in here matters. The songs we sing, the words we say, how we pray, how we care for one another, that does matter. But who we are extends well beyond this. And if it doesn't, then our body is dying. It's not growing. It's not living life the way it ought to be. Another misconception is that church is an experience. It's a spiritual experience. And it's about kind of what I get out of it. This is more popular these days. Churches talk about having a, a rich spiritual experience or catering an ex- a worship experience for the people the truth is that makes us consumers we're looking for the best experience and what happens then one day you're going to get tired of listening to me one day this music's going to be out of date one day the green carpet's going to finally have its death right and, and, if, and if it's just about the feelings and the, the thing you get from it and whether you received or not, then we're just consumers and we're going to go find somewhere else to belong that has a little bit better preacher, a little bit more hip music or whatever, fill in the blank that we're looking for. No, church is about a covenant. It's about a promise, belonging to one another, caring for one another, committing together. For some, misconception is that church is a social club for just a real specific kind of people. And it's funny because I got different answers on this one. For some, it was that the church is for the rich or that it's for the, the put together. But then I also heard church is for the broken and those that need a crutch. See, we like that this is out there, that the church is just for a specific kind of people. But we talked about it this morning in life group, right? God shows no partiality. He doesn't prefer one over another. No, the church is for all. It's not just Israel. No, it's all the nations, right? God's love is available and his grace is available for everyone. Regardless of rich or poor, well-to-do or not well-to-do, strong or weak or broken or whatever, fill in the blank. The church is not meant to be a social club for just our kind of people, it's not it. Church is for everyone. So a church is a group of baptized believers who gather together regularly in worship, proclaim the gospel, live as the community of God, and make disciples of all the nations. Let's be that church. Let's be that church. Not just another social club, not just a, a weekly uh, mark on your calendar. Let's be this kind of church that cares for one another, that, that proclaims the gospel, that stands for truth, that reaches our neighbors, that loves the lost, that, that feeds the hungry, that seeks after the lost and the wayward, right? Let's be that kind of church. Let's make disciples. That's what's best for us because that's what God made us to be. That's what God made us to be as a church. I mean, as we close and the band comes forward, they're gonna lead us in a final song. Uh, and hearing God's word should... We've said this the last few weeks. It should always result in two things. It should always result in two things. First, it should result in worship. When I hear God's word, I want to praise God for who he is. I want to praise God for for what he's done. So that's the first thing it should do. The second thing, it should result in obedience. We're not just meant to have this tickle our ears and kind of fill us up or whatever, right? Get a feeling from it. No, we're meant to do it. Not just be hearers of the word, but to be doers of the word. And so we're going to sing a song, and we're going to worship together as a church. And then we're going to leave, and we're going to go and do the work, right? During this last song, if you want to come talk, if you want to come pray in the altar, if if that's how you want to worship God, please do. I'm I'm available. You can come talk to me or pray with me. You can pray with anybody else in here. Uh, I'll be available after the service. If you want to talk about salvation, if you want to talk about belonging to our church, Let me pray. God, I pray that, God, that we would love your word and we would love hearing it. God, I pray that it would result in of you. God, for the good news of the gospel, that you died to save us. And you died to bring us back into community with you and with each other. So I pray that we would be this kind of church. God, who's committed to one another. Covenanted together Promising that what well, we're going to stick it out We're going to work through things We're going we're to care for one another We're going to be there for one another We're going to live this out God, I pray that we would be A commissioned church as well God, that's not just about us And the feeling we get out of it God, but that we would be going And making disciples God, I thank you for our time together this morning Love you, God We pray all this in your son's name